Welcome to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT. And if you're new to the program, this show is designed to educate its listeners on the industry's best practices in the design and construction of a single family custom residential home, your dream home. A custom home can be small or large. It can be located in a rural community or a very large city. What makes it custom is intentional design. It's a home designed and built with a particular family in mind, your family. It's a home that maximizes your enjoyment of the structure while addressing such concerns as indoor air quality and minimizing the annual cost to heat and cool the property. These considerations can help your dream home qualify as more than just a custom home. It can be a high-performance home. And even though high-performance homes do not necessarily cost more than traditionally built homes, not all architects and custom home builders build high-performance homes. A high-performance home delivers far greater value to you than a traditionally built home. In this program, we teach you the benefits of a high-performance home and how to ensure your architect and custom builder build your dream home as a high performance home. And if your dream home is a home that has already been built, we share with you the most cost-effective modifications that you can make to bring your home up to the high performance standards. How do we do these things? By inviting industry-leading architects, custom builders, and other home design and construction professionals to share their knowledge with you. In this program, we will discuss outdoor living spaces and specifically why your dream home should have a beautiful space for outdoor cooking, dining, and entertaining. My guest today is Russ Falk, Chief Designer and Head of Product at Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. Russ will help us to understand what it means to entertain beyond the grill. In an earlier program, we began to discuss the advantages that prefabrication, modular design, and offsite construction can offer you when they are combined with custom design. In the outdoor living space, Kalamazoo offers a complete modular outdoor kitchen system. Today, that offering includes grills, pizza ovens, smokers, refrigeration, cabinetry, and more. In business since the early 1900s, Kalamazoo is a leader in the field of outdoor living. They have led this market by creating the world's first gas, wood, and charcoal hybrid grill, the world's first weather-tight outdoor kitchen cabinetry, the world's first countertop outdoor pizza oven, the first Argentinian-style grill with gas starters and integrated rotisserie, the world's first undercounter charcoal smoker cabinet, the world's first complete outdoor kitchen collection available in marine-grade stainless steel, the world's first rectangular Kamado grill with cross-flow ventilation and adjustable fire grates, and the first manufacturer in North America to introduce safety valves across its entire product line. Russ, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me, KT. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Same here. Same here. So, Russ, starting off, we talk a lot in this show about the design of homes and particularly custom homes. There's certain rooms in a home that uh, an individual would just expect to find there a kitchen, some bedrooms, a bathroom or two, things like that. Now, with custom homes, it's a little bit different because in addition to those rooms I just mentioned, with a custom home, you'll often find special function rooms and spaces. An example might be a home office, a space for an indoor golf simulator, maybe a mudroom. Now, Russ, out of all the different special function rooms and spaces that are out there, for a number of years now, research collected by the AIA identifies outdoor living spaces as one of the most popular special function rooms. In fact, these spaces are so highly prized that research from the National Association of Realtors reveals that the return on investment that a homeowner receives for installing an outdoor kitchen on their home is 100%. That means that cost recovery for adding an outdoor kitchen is greater than adding a pool, a deck, a new patio, and many other common outdoor additions. So I'm hoping you can share with our listeners why you believe there's so much interest now in outdoor living spaces. Sure. I think um, the the keen interest in outdoor living spaces has, has been going on for quite some time. The AIA's AIA study on home design trends that you mentioned, I think outdoor living has topped the list of special function rooms for eight or nine years running. So this pre this trend predates the pandemic. It certainly exploded more during the pandemic, but as we're um, more or less on the other side of that, um, the interest remains strong. I think mostly because of how a well-designed, well-executed outdoor living space in general and an outdoor kitchen in particular really adds to your quality of life. Um, if you think about cooking in an outdoor kitchen compared to cooking in your indoor kitchen, cooking outdoors can really kind of take the drudgery out of preparing everyday family meals. And of course, it's fantastic when you're entertaining family or friends. Um, so I really think it's just about how much it adds to your life, how much it adds to your lifestyle. And when we're talking about our ROI, um, one of the key aspects, I think, in terms of having an outdoor kitchen is as you're in a competitive housing market and you're trying to sell your home, having that outdoor kitchen on your listing can be a very important differentiator. And in some markets, it's practically expected. Wow. You know, I'm thinking that uh, the point of having something that really separates your home from other similar homes and similar communities would be a strategic advantage if if you are looking to sell your home in in uh, a tougher market. That's a great point. No differently than than having an outdoor, you know, having an indoor kitchen that stands out among right. the purchasers' consideration set. You know, that is a big factor in swaying their choice. An outdoor kitchen can have that kind of impact. Yeah, and especially helpful knowing that. Um, a hundred percent of the money that you spend on the outdoor kitchen, you're getting it back. So it's not like you know you're enjoying the 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 um, special purpose area, 
but maybe nobody else will. And so you're going to take a hit when you go to sell it. But the evidence is the opposite of that. The evidence is that you get to enjoy it. Plus you get all your money out of what you spent for it when you sell the home. (laughs) Sure. I think all of the typical caveats need to be applied, right? It needs to be a well-executed project with any remodel that we're talking about with the ROI aspect. It it needs to be well-executed. It needs to be appropriate for the home, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Excellent tip. If you're just joining us, our guest is Russ Falk, head of product for Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. Kalamazoo is an industry-leading manufacturer in the outdoor cooking, dining, and entertainment space. So, Russ, for our listeners who are not residential architects or custom home builders or landscape architects, can you help us to understand the difference between a common backyard deck and an outdoor living space designed by Kalamazoo? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Kalamazoo certainly is, uh, it's a distinctive brand, um, so it will um pretty much always stand out when we're talking about comparing to, to the common. We do focus on outdoor kitchens specifically, uh, as opposed to outdoor living in general. So you're not going to find Kalamazoo water features, things like that. But our outdoor kitchens are typically integrated outdoor living plan. Um, how a Kalamazoo outdoor kitchen stands out really comes down to the performance and the quality and a very important aspect that we focus a lot on in the design and engineering processes is making sure that it's easy to live with. If your outdoor kitchen feels like it's going to take you an hour to get ready before you can use it, you're going to use it a lot less frequently. And I like to see the outdoor kitchen become an everyday kitchen for the home that's enjoyed on a Tuesday night just as much as it's enjoyed for Memorial Day barbecue. Um, but the, the biggest differences are the attention to detail and the enduring quality and the performance that you're going to find in the Kalamazoo project. You'd like to take a holistic approach to all of those factors. Nice. Could, w- would it be a stretch for me to say that you, you would, in your ideal world, the outdoor kitchen would be the primary kitchen for the home? <laughs> Am I pushing uh, the envelope? <laughs> uh, I, you're not, I mean, you're not pushing the envelope, but I, you know, I am uh, uniquely biased in that regard. I've been an <laughs> avid outdoor cook since I was about 12 years old old. And what I love about cooking outdoors is the the techniques you can use, the flavors you can pursue that are either a lot harder to do indoors or are just plain impractical to do and to work at higher temperatures. You're able to wood fire all of these, you know, at this point, outdoor kitchens are so mature in their concepts that anything you can do indoors, you can do outdoors, but the reverse is not quite true. You know, that's a great point, because I know if you are a person that loves steaks, there's some preparations when you're talking about cooking the steak that are going to they need high heat and they're going to generate a bunch of smoke. So Mm -hmm. what you're saying is that with a a well-designed outdoor kitchen, I can execute those um, techniques and be more comfortable about it because I'm outside. Yes. So not only are you taking the smoke outside, but you are actually able to reach those higher temperatures outside than indoor appliances are able to. So I sear my steak at above a thousand degrees. I use the sear and slide technique. So my steak takes me about 20 minutes to prepare, but my searing aspect of that exercise is only about a minute to a minute and a half out of that 20 minutes because I'm able to work so hot and I get a lot of flavor benefits from that and everything else, but I can't get to a thousand degrees 
indoors and I shouldn't. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, your home insurance agent would, would, <laughs> sign, would definitely sign off on that last part of the statement. Um, so if I were to kind of um, sum up some of the highlights of what you said so far, it really sounds to me like having that outdoor kitchen and an entertainment space could really turn your home into really kind of like a private retreat for your family and and their fr- and your friends is that fair yeah i think that's totally fair that's some of the quality of life aspect that i'm that i'm talking about and and the taking the drudgery out you can feel like you're on vacation while you're still hanging out in your own home family meals fantastic well we're going to take a quick break but when we return russ i'd like you to explain to the listeners how they can design a highly functional outdoor cooking dining and entertaining space for their custom home. You're listening to (laughs) Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and we'll be right back. Did you know that with certain designs and construction techniques, you can completely eliminate the cost of heating and cooling your home each month? For some homeowners, that can represent a savings of $5,000 to $10,000 a year with no loss in comfort. Want to learn more? Be sure and listen to Designing and Building Your Dream Home with your host, KT, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. right here on 1150 KKNW. While serving in Iraq, an IED took both my legs, but it didn't take my spirit. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I'm Greg Gatson, Army veteran. DAV helps veterans and their families get the benefits they've earned. Today, I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and public speaker. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. My victory is just being the best that I can be. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and my guest today is Russ Falk, Chief Designer and Head of Product for Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. Okay, Russ, we've been listening to you talk about how much enjoyment uh, my home can offer my family if I install an outdoor cooking, dining, and entertaining space. So, I'm on board. You've won me over. I'm ready to add one of these areas to my home. So my next question is, how do I get started? By the way, I should tell you, there's a sale on outdoor grills at my local hardware store. Should I just go ahead and order the outdoor kitchen equipment first while they're still on sale? Well, I mean, you you certainly could um, in in sort of the uh, the custom outdoor kitchen world, um, one of the things that you'll find quickly is there are no standard dimensions for the grill. You think of the grill as the heart of most outdoor kitchens. It doesn't have to be in every home, but typically the grill is the heart of your outdoor kitchen. And if you go with brand A when you build your outdoor kitchen in the first place and a year down the road, you realize I want something better, something that does the kind of cooking I aspire to do. You're not just going to be able to swap brand B into that hole in your outdoor kitchen because of the lack of standardization among sizes. Um, So it's a little different than the indoor kitchen in that regard where you can upgrade your range, for example, a 36 inch range. They're all the same size. They can all fit in the same space. Um, So I don't like to rush into anything when it comes to um, appliance selection 
or material selection or, or anything else. Um, and the first step in designing your outdoor kitchen is really taking a look at how you like to cook today, how you want to aspire to cook in the future. Make sure that those priorities are very clear as you start thinking about which cooking capabilities are going to suit your needs. Are you um, your typical griller where you're going to do hamburgers, you're going to do pork chops, you're going to do salmon fillets, you're going to grill asparagus, but you're always just applying direct heat. A lot of grills can do that really well. But if you want to do something like wood-fired rotisserie, or you like to smoke roast, or you're a barbecue enthusiast and you want to learn to perfect the perfect brisket, we need to start looking into pieces with more specific capabilities. And we also need to look at different types of versatility. And that can come to pizza ovens, that can come to all kinds of things. But as we're looking at the grill, that's where a lot of um, key considerations go in. We are best known. We're, we're a little known brand, but for those who know us, we are best known for our hybrid fire, which is able to cook with gas, wood, and charcoal in any combination. It's a very unique piece, but you're not going to find it on sale at the hardware store. <laughs> That's great. One of the things I notice is like your grills, the way they're put together, it's like the thickness of the grill and, and sure. Can you talk at all about how your grill might be different from a standard grill that I might find at a hardware store? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you talk about thickness. A lot of it comes down to weight. A lot of it comes down to how they're built and how much welding we put into each piece. Those hybrid fire grills, because they are designed and engineered to perform at temperature ranges from 250 degrees Fahrenheit to well beyond 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit, they need to be incredibly robust. So there's a lot of welding. But another key performance principle that we've embraced for a long time is simply the weight of the product. It's like the difference between a really lightweight pan and a nice cast iron pan. That cast iron pan is gonna hold more heat. And we look at our grills the same way. So our most popular built-in grill, which is our medium-sized hybrid fire grill, weighs more than 450 pounds. And that's all wow. stainless steel, brass, <laughs> and bronze. And so we're a Midwest company, You know, we're cooking, outdoors in a Michigan winter all the time. Um, our hybrid fire girl doesn't care that it's 20 degrees outside. It's still going to deliver the heat. It's still going to deliver the same cooking performance. It's less influenced by the elements. And a key factor of that is simply the weight of the product. Uh, we embed a lot of heat. It delivers that heat to your food. Um, our standard cooking grates uh, what most people would call a grill grate, we call a cooking surface because we do different patterns for different types of food and all that. We cut those with our laser out of quarter inch thick stainless steel. So even those cooking surfaces hold a lot of heat. They deliver that heat to the food. That helps the food not stick. Uh, the food releases more quickly. Um, you get more Maillard reaction. I could go on and on and on. But when you walk up to a Kalamazoo grill for the first time and you you grab that handle and you open and close the lid, you can feel that it's different. You can feel that weight. You can feel all that welding. Uh, you know, it's not wobbly. It doesn't have any lateral motion. So it gives you that sense of enduring quality, uh, but it also pays dividends in actual cooking. Wow. 
you know, when listening to you talk, it, it just helps me to appreciate that when you kind of focus on one thing as a product manufacturer, you, you can really accomplish some really amazing things. It's like the 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 super concentration. So I gotta assume that your the weight and the way you build your grills is something that you've perfected because you've been doing this for a long time. Like you, you're constantly trying to improve upon what you do. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, we are always trying to improve the product. Uh, I think almost more importantly, we have a very clear mission. The mission is to deliver the best cooking performance and quality uh, in the industry. Um, and when you have that clarity of mission, it allows you to invest that much more in terms of material, uh, in terms of time welding and finishing, in terms of the components you put into it. Um, it, it, it is our reason for being, it is why the brand exists and it's why I've got a dream job, right? I already mentioned I'm an avid <laughs> outdoor cook. I get to create these grills that are then built by craftsmen and are designed to do what I want them to do. And our price is, is, is expensive, right? They're, they're not, um, these are not budget items. Um, but the price is purely a function of what goes into making them of what it costs us to, to create it. That's great. And, you know, you mentioned your craftsmen. Is it true that the, the people who fabricate your uh, outdoor appliances actually sign their name on the appliance? Everything is handmade, um, and the uh, grills are signed by the craftspeople. So we don't have them sign every cabinet, everything else. Uh, there's not really a good place to put it on the pizza oven. So everything gets that same <laughs> sort of level of attention. But that grill, as I mentioned, is the heart of the outdoor kitchen. That is signed by the craftspeople who build it. Um, and, you know, it's it's uh, interesting to note you did use the word fabricate, and we are much closer in what we do to a fabrication company than we are to a manufacturing company. Even our most popular products, we still build in batches of eight. There's a couple of things we might build in batches of 16. Sometimes it's just one of something flowing through the shop. Um, so it is a very, uh, it's very handcrafted um, and a lot of really skilled people, talented people on the team that we're fortunate to have. They're the heart of the company. They do fantastic work um, and it, it takes them a long time to, to learn their craft. That's awesome. Well, the rest of the way you're kind of laying this out, it seems to me that although two products may basically claim to serve the same function, one product made by one manufacturer, another product made by another manufacturer. And maybe even they look kind of similar when I'm scrolling through the internet or looking mm -hmm. at two different brochures. In listening to you talk, it sounds like you're saying that the standard of quality to which each of those uh, products was manufactured can be completely different. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, and it's no different than in some other industries right but but yes in the, in the world of grills and outdoor appliances outdoor cabinetry they can look very similar and truly be very different any grill can cook a burger 
right? <laughs> Put a human in front of it, yeah. you can you can grill a burger. Um, some might do it better than others, but what the the key difference to me is, you know, I know my way around a grill, and I'm going to make sure I get you a good burger. The difference is how much do I enjoy that activity? How much does the grill support what I want to do, or how much am I working around the grill's limitations to get you that that great burger? Um, so it can be, you know, it gets a little subtle. We do um, offer, uh, and this might help clarify kind of the notion of quality. We have a 25-year transferable warranty. A lot of people get excited about lifetime, but lifetime typically means something like seven years. Our warranty is 25 years and is transferable. So if you have a Kalamazoo Outdoor Kitchen and you sell your home, that warranty is transferred to who buys your home. That's fantastic. That's confidence in your product. Right. Yeah. And cool. I love, you know, I've got uh, your typical, you know, Google saved searches, whatever. I get the weekly report on things that uh, include Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. My favorite thing to see in those Google search results uh, that get emailed to me is a new home listing on the real estate market that is listing a Kalamazoo kitchen. It's like a, a primary feature. It's Kalamazoo mm-hmm. outdoor. Kitchen. Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> you only get what 50 words. And one of those words is Kalamazoo. So that is super cool. So we're doing this show and we're kind of explaining that in order to get the best value for yourself, when you're shopping for products, in this case, we're talking about out, outdoor living uh, products, outdoor kitchens, a little bit of education can help you to make a more informed choice. Is that fair to say about outdoor kitchen appliances, Russ? Oh, certainly. And, you know, some people out there love to do their research. It's a great thing. Always helps. Yeah. And I think for 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 me, um, I'm always looking for, okay, well, where, where can I get educated? Can I go to your website and and begin to better understand how you build the product? Um, yeah, you can. Um, on our website, we do have a section on the craftsmanship. We have a great video that is behind the scenes. And what you hear in that video is the craftspeople themselves talking about how they do what they do and what it means to them to, to, to invest their time in producing quality. So you can find that um, on our YouTube channel or on our website. Excellent. Okay. Well, we're going to uh, take a quick break, but when we return, Russ, I'm um, hoping that you can explain to our uh, listeners um, how they can actually start bringing this idea of an outdoor kitchen to life for their family in the custom home that they are designing or intend to design. And my guest today is Russ Falk, Chief Designer and Head of Product at Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. So Russ, you mentioned when it comes to outdoor kitchens, there are some design and usability considerations that uh, a homeowner should discuss before they start purchasing appliance. Ideally, you mentioned that for outdoor appliances, there's no really standardization on size. And so it might be challenging to swap out a particular appliance at a later point in time because it doesn't fit the hardscape that you've created around it. Um, And so it, it sounds like if you want the best overall solution, you should hire a design professional to help you 
get the the, the layout of what you want um, established before you start buying stuff. Is that fair? Yes, I think I think that is definitely fair, and um, I would say more than ninety percent of Kalamazoo Outdoor Kitchens did involve a designer hired by either the homeowner is kind of on point for the project. Um, but whether you have a designer or not, our team at Kalamazoo will support the design activities. We provide as much support as you want. Like you could just tell us, I have 18 feet. We ask you, how do you want to cook all that? We come with um, different options. We call that the sketch phase of a project. And we'll turn through sketches and, and help you dial in and visualize what it is that that um, we're talking about. Um, or if you have a world-class architect and they've sent drawings to us and all that, we'll work within those parameters. We're still going to speak up. We're going to uh, chime in based on our experience. Like I would suggest we do some sort of porcelain wall behind the grill rather than that stucco wall because it's going to leave smoke stains on the wall. It's going to be hard to clean, things like that. So no matter who we're working with, we chime in and try and... Uh, um, share the benefit of how many outdoor kitchens we've done over the years, um, regardless of how much input or assistance we provided during the, the design process, we still do a detailed CAD drawing for every outdoor kitchen. Uh, all the detailed dimensions, it's a, it's a boon to the installers because they have a drawing that absolutely matches the equipment because it came from the people who make the equipment love it <laughs> um, on top of that that print is coded with letters those letters then go on the crates so you know which item is in which crate because these things arrive in big crates um so you can unpack them in an order that makes sense and bring them straight to the patio and start leveling start installing all of that so we we love to be involved we'd love to have as much information from the client as possible up front and then really work with them to create their dream kitchen that really will meet their needs. So, um, yeah, I, I know that the, for the business that, that I'm in is a, a custom railing. And a lot of the things that you just mentioned resonates with me because those are a lot of the steps that we take when we're working with our clients. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I can, if I'm designing a, a, a beautiful outdoor kitchen for my, my new home, I can have my architect or uh, say like a kitchen designer uh, help me lay everything out, or I can rely on the professionals at Kalamazoo to help me lay everything out. I, it's my choice. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And you're going to take the time, regardless of what path I take, you're going to take the time to create a detailed drawing that illustrates that space, the cabinetry, the appliances, you're going to lay all of that out. You're going to somehow uh, number or identify the various components um, in the drawing so that when the, the builder who's building this out for me gets the crate, it's just really easy for them to go in, pull the things out of the crate, look at the drawing, figure out what goes where and how, and that's just going to really speed up installation and reduce my cost of the project because installation is going to happen a lot faster. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, <laughs> more, more or less, yes. Um, you mentioned uh, early on that uh, we do provide a modular solution. So a Kalamazoo kitchen can live in masonry structures or uh, framed out structures, but it can also be completely freestanding on the patio. It's purely an aesthetic choice in most okay. cases. Um, so a what we would refer to as a freestanding kitchen that's standing on its own legs, only connected to itself, um, a good size kitchen can be um, installed in four hours by a qualified crew of two people. Wow. Um, so that's how quick it quick it can be. Um, it a lot of times it's cabinetry installers who are going to be best, which is a little bit unnatural sometimes outdoors. But <laughs> I, I like to see a cabinetry installer put in the outdoor cabinetry um, because it's going to be level limit and yeah. correctly. And that is sort of, that's the the basis of a good installation is making sure everything's plumb, plumb and true and yeah. nicely so, aligned. Yeah. So um, before we move on from this topic, as a, as a homeowner, let's say you're not building a new home. You just want to add an outdoor kitchen to your existing home. You know, codes are different in air, every area and utilities, things like that. Are you able to give any kind of insight to the homeowner that's not really working with a, a local uh, architect about things to, to focus on in the project, like maybe leveling the, 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 the space that it's going to be installed, dealing with permits? Um, you know, it's just like even how you use the kitchen might be different if I'm thinking of, you know, it's me and my wife and, and we're going to cook or, or maybe I'm, I'm entertaining a lot and I'm using caterers Are any of those issues, things that come up and that you work through with the homeowner. Yeah. I mean, part of, um, part of our diligence when we're helping figure out what a kitchen should be, what's right for the homeowner. Um, you mentioned caterers, things like that. A key question is how many people cook at once? How many people are you cooking for? Are you bringing in caterers? What is the nature of these different occasions in which you're using the kitchen? Um, and, you know, there's, there's real implications. If you tell me I'm always cooking side by side with my wife, um, or I, I don't want to be sexist there, but the, the couple is always <laughs> cooking side by side together. We want a little bit more space between different cooking stations, things like that. We expand our criteria for landing zones for hip room. Um, we look at what are the other outdoor living spaces that are part of this cohesive plan so that we think about orienting the beverage centers, things like that towards the pool. And we keep oh, okay. the grill away from high traffic areas. We don't right. want somebody to have to go past the grill to get some ice. A lot of, a lot of those details really go in. You did mention local codes and, you know, with all the, the typical disclaimers that a manufacturer would have to put <laughs> in there, we do our best to, to help, um, we, you know, our products are certified, um, for all of the U S and Canada. Um, and then there's different certifications for Europe and things like that. Those certifications typically are what you need from an appliance standpoint, local codes are going to come into play for easements, things like that. How tall can your pergola be? Or how far from your property line does that pergola have to be before it can be 10 foot tall, things like that. 
are certainly a lot harder for us to keep track of around the country. And we just do our best to remind people of those when it comes to proper connection, utilities, things like that. We, of course, uh, eagerly share those specifications with, with the professionals and the trades involved. Excellent. Excellent. So this is going to be the fun part because um, I would like you to just kind of walk us through in the very beginning, I mentioned a whole bunch of, uh, of products that you guys have, but I'm hoping you can take a few moments for us and just kind of walk us through your your product line, uh, what it, what the piece of uh, equipment is, how it's used, things like that. Sure, I will try to hit the highlights. And <laughs> Thank you. The, it, in terms of the modular system, we basically have two different aesthetics we work within, and across our products, there are nearly 2,000 SKUs. And that's oh, not including goodness. color differences, things like that. Okay. And that's why- Don't cover yeah, them all. <laughs> no, but that's that's why it's great for the design professionals involved in your outdoor kitchen to work with us and to lean on us because they're never going to know the collection and all the details and what goes together the way our team does, the way our engineers do, the way our designers do. So in those two different aesthetics, that start with cabinetry and refrigeration, because that's going to be the most acreage in your outdoor kitchen, right? Okay. Your cabinetry and refrigeration, um, that aesthetic becomes very important. We have our signature series, which is a full line of weathertight cabinetry and integrated refrigeration. There's more than 25 different refrigeration pieces to choose from for different purposes and needs and sizes and things like that. Okay. That is our chameleon-like product, it is just full overlay, seamless, clean, stainless steel look meant to integrate into whatever aesthetic you may do. Uh, integrates well with masonry, things like that. The other series is Arcadia, which is a more contemporary design. It is not chameleon-like. It's not going to just blend in with a rustic aesthetic, for example. Um, but it gives you the most personalization options. It can be uh, Ipe wood finish. It can be powder coated stainless steel in six different colors, things like that. Nice. Um, the key difference there is Arcadia is not weather tight, whereas uh, Signature Series is. So okay. a Signature Series outdoor kitchen cabinet is a weather tight vault. Rain is not going to get in there. And Arcadia Series cabinet is very much like a, an indoor kitchen cabinet. It doesn't have the ring gutter and those features. It is weatherproof. Weather is not going to damage it, but it won't, it's not guaranteed to keep I just want to make sure I understand. So would the system that is not weather tight be installed under like a cover, like some kind of um it can be, or you could be in Southern California where just the odds of rain are so slim, it doesn't matter. So we see, you know, we're at the we're at the high end of the market. We see a large percentage of our outdoor kitchens are under a roof so that the homeowner can use them rain or shine and get the most enjoyment of their investment. Um, so that's another place where um understanding what needs to be done is very important from a ventilation standpoint, from a combustible clearances standpoint, things like that. That's where we end up providing a lot of assistance and input um, because the having having the cover creates a, a whole different dynamic. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't want to get you off track. That's okay. I wanted to understand that. This is, I'm taking notes. This is good stuff. C continue on with your products. So both of those series incorporate the refrigeration and the refrigeration, particularly in Arcadia, just completely disappears. 
you can't tell what's a refrigerator or a cabinet like you can, like in the the nicest indoor kitchens like yep. they want that refrigerator to disappear both of those systems integrate with our gas cooking appliances so we've got our hybrid fire grills which i've touched on they cook with any combination of charcoal gas and wood they are the most versatile gas grill you're ever going to lay hands on, and they support the charcoal and wood cooking that are so much fun outdoors. We have our Argentinian-style gaucho grill, which is always going to be the favorite in my heart, uh, dedicated for wood-fired cooking, but with the convenience of a gas starter. It's got a slick uh, rotisserie system in it that integrates into the, into the outdoor kitchen, into the modular system. We have our latest uh, drop-in gas grills which we created primarily because that's the aesthetic most people want. So we set our goal to, um, I should back up a little bit, hybrid fire grills and gaucho grills stand on the ground on their own bling legs. Okay. They're like installing a range as opposed to installing a cup. Got it. Most high-end gas grills out there, particularly the stainless steel ones, don't stand on the ground. They go into just a little cutout. And the space below can be masonry or cabinetry or whatever. So there's a lot of demand for that in the market. Um, that extra volume from the hybrid fire grill standing on the ground, we take advantage of that from a performance standpoint. The firebox is very deep. The firebox is very tall. So we get a lot better heat circulation in that structure than we're ever going to get in that other layout. But we used every trick that that we've learned over all our years of doing this to <laughs> to deliver a, a dropping gas grill head that really kick Kalamazoo. So that's the newest one for us. The biggest difference there is it doesn't have the charcoal and wood capabilities of the hybrid fire grill, and it doesn't stand on the ground. And they are less expensive than the hybrid fire grill. Uh, so in terms of built-in outdoor kitchen grills, that's that's the series. You got the hybrid, you've got the gaucho, and you've got the gas grill head. We also have a countertop gas-fired pizza oven, which I is love it. fantastic, super easy to use. Uh, our goal there was to deliver a great Neapolitan-style pizza, which it does in about two minutes oh, man. without the homeowner having to learn to master the fire. They need to learn to master the pizza, but they don't have to learn to master the fire because it's not a big wood-fired oven that you've got to manage the heat yourself and all that. So it's super easy to use. We wanted it to be convenient enough that a Wednesday can be a pizza night, uh, whether or not you're on vacation. We have a range of um, cooktops. A lot of people call them side burners. They're both, uh, we have dual cooktops, just two uh um, burners or and a wok burner. Um, we have our undercounter smoker, which is absolutely fantastic. So it is a true live fire smoker. It runs on charcoal and wood. It disappears in your kitchen. It is an undercounter unit that looks like one of our refrigerators. The only way you can tell it's the smoker is there's a cutout you need in the countertop for where the chimney stack and charcoal shoot come through the countertop. Our goal was to give you the ability to do competition grade barbecue. Yeah. While still having a beautiful sleek outdoor kitchen that doesn't look like it has a smoker in it. And that was That's a really cool. difficult engineering 
challenge to conquer, and uh, we're really proud of the results. Um, so it is a gravity-fed charcoal smoker. It's runs very slow, very steady, very predictable, and you uh, use it with a computer-controlled blower system. So it is set it and forget it, and it runs forever. So my brisket is a 24-hour brisket. I can do that um, most of the time on a single load of charcoal, um, 225 degrees for 24 hours. But with that particular design, I can load more charcoal if I need to without disturbing anything in the cooking process. Wow, that it just ha- hearing you. Uh, first of all, you're making me hungry. <laughs> Part of my job. <laughs> Besides that, the the attention to detail that was involved in creating a smoker that is not visible as a smoker, and it's working, <laughs> working hard, cooking the meal, but nobody can tell that that's a smoker. That's pretty mm. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so, I mean, other than all the different odds and ends and optional things and our freestanding collection and our Kamado style cooker, I think I've hit on what's important for, for the outdoor kitchen aspect. Great job. Great job. I had the opportunity to see um, a lot of those components at work last year at um, the 2022 AIA Cran Symposium, which we have every year uh, for uh, residential architects. And last year was in Chicago. And we got, because of your firm's generosity, uh, to go and visit your showroom. And I saw your team working those appliances. And I got to tell you, it was more than just cooking food. I mean, I felt like I was being entertained. And I'm watching these beautiful pieces of equipment create these amazing um, uh, meals. And, I, you know, this whole thing about outdoor entertaining. And I'm thinking about your outside you're using these appliances, your your friends are over visiting, they're having a glass of wine, they're watching you create the meal right before them and you're outside. And it just like, I understand why outdoor kitchens are so popular. So we are going to take a quick break. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and we will be right back. Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Hey, it's your car talking pal, New York. Vinny from Drive Time Radio. Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, we meet up and talk about cars and the world automotive. From the electrics to the classics, you'll hear interviews, news, and some really cool stuff, including our cartoon of the week. Don't miss it. Saturday morning at 8, Drive Time Radio. With yours truly, New York Vinny, right here on 1150 KKNW. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back. You're listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. I'm your host, KT, and my guest today is Russ Falk, Chief Designer and Head of Product for Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. Now, Russ, I know that at Kalamazoo, you take safety very seriously. In fact, you lead the industry in this area. Can you explain some of the safety features you build into your outdoor cooking appliances? Sure, KT. Um, yeah, there are thousands of injuries in the U.S. every year uh, from gas explosions from outdoor grills. And what happens is people think they've lit their grill, but they actually haven't. 
And so they walk away, gas is flowing, it's building up in the grill. They come back out, realize their grill's not lit and try and light it. And that's when things get very dangerous. Um, our grills prevent that from happening. North American market manufacturer who has safety valves on every burner in every gas cooking product we make. And what the safety valve does is it will not let gas flow unless it senses heat. So if you think you've lit the grill, but you haven't and you walk away, it's going to cut off that gas. You're still going to come back and find you need to light your grill, but there will have been no gas buildup. So it's a very important safety feature. On top of that, we have layered in a separate system that makes the, the bezels on the grill glow orange for any burner that is active. And it is not related to the valves at all. It's a separate system. It's got a flame sensor and the temperature differential that the flame sensor is, is experiencing will tell the electronic control system to light that bezel orange. So I can look at a glance and realize I've left my grill on. You know, I thought I was going to burn off the residue for 10 minutes while I eat and then I forget to go back out there. It's easy for me to like I said, oh, I still have to turn off the grill and off the grill. So it's kind of a double safety system and it's completely unrelated systems. We invest a lot into this. Um, safety valves are actually de facto required in Europe as well as Australia. Um, but the valves that are common in those markets can't handle the BTU throu throughput that we need for our performance levels. Okay. Um, so we had to work for years to actually develop these valves for our grills specifically. Wow. You know, you don't necessarily just think of what you just explained. As soon as you explain how it happens, uh, that you can think you lit it and gas is just building up, you come back Um finding a solution, like you said, there is maybe not in, in people's minds until you need it. But mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense that that you took the time to develop the solution, implemented it on your on your appliances, because you don't want anybody getting hurt while they're out. Right. Uh, no, it, it's really. uh, more expensive to produce. And, and on the homeowner's end, you have to learn how to work with that system, right? It's not just turn the gas and and, and hit the button and you're good to go. And so there's a specific process you have to follow to light. Um, but I think both the expense and the learning curve are worth it when you consider the alternative is potentially injury, property damage, insurance claims, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, well, fair enough. Thank you for explaining that. So um, Russ, the more time we spend together here uh, today, the, the clearer it has become to me that uh, you have a focus, I think you said a mission, to continue to refine and improve your processes. Um, and that helps me to understand why you've won so many awards uh, and just the, just the safety, just taking the time to develop a, a dual system to help me to, uh, to understand whether or not the 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 range is going. Uh, so, why are you so uh, focused on refinement, improvement, leading the industry? Can you tell us a little bit more about Kalamazoo? Uh, not the city, <laughs> Kalamazoo, <laughs> the country. You've been around for about a hundred years, right? 
Uh, yeah, more than a hundred years. We actually started as Kalamazoo sheet metal back in 1908, and it was a custom sheet metal fabrication shop. Um, over the years, um, the fabricators um, started to specialize in a couple of industries that are that are important around Kalamazoo um, and that require very specific attention to detail. Um, and those are the dairy processing industry and the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so Kalamazoo Sheet Metal developed a bit of a specialty in fabricating custom dairy processing equipment, pharmaceutical equipment. The dairy processing one is particularly important because if you're close to stainless steel fabrication, you might be aware of the dairy standard holding and finishing. The dairy standard is basically a perfect weld with a perfect seamless finish with no imperfections. Those imperfections are where bacteria can get a foothold and begin to grow. So it's very important to keep everything as sanitary as possible. Um, the other interesting part, at least to me, from the dairy processing equipment is the idea of a washdown enclosure. So this equipment gets hosed down basically with a lower pressure fire hose right. at the end of every shift or weekly or what have you. All the electronic controls are in an, a stainless steel enclosure that's part of the equipment that has to be protected when stuff's being hosed down. Okay, That would be a NEMA 4 standard enclosure. NEMA 4 enclosures is where our rain gutter came from. It's why we were the first in the industry making wet outdoor kitchen cabinetry, because our cabinetry was basically a collection of large NEMA 4 enclosures for your outdoor kitchen. Um, so it really comes from, from some of those some of those roots. So we started uh, the, the great grandson of the founder of Kalamazoo Sheet Metal, and it was a family business throughout the year. years, um, had an interest. Uh, he was a bit eccentric, very creative guy. Uh, very passionate about a lot of things. He started making grills in the in the mid 90s. And in 1998, uh, the Kalamazoo Grill Company launched the first hybrid fire grill. It was called the dual fuel grill back then. Uh, and the the genes of that grill from 1998, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of the hybrid fire grill. Now the that that DNA is still in how we build our grills today. Um, we've just made them more sophisticated, higher performance, better looking over the years. Nice. Yeah, that's that's uh that's great how the the experience with fabricating for the dairy industry, that attention to detail carried forward into the way you build your your uh cooking appliances is a great, great history. Yeah, we, when we decided to go all in and focus on outdoor kitchens, that's when the Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet brand was born. Okay. Uh, Kalamazoo Sheet Metal and the Custom Fab Shop was shut down, and the Kalamazoo Grill kind of morphed into Kalamazoo Outdoor Gourmet. So we it don't do the right processing call. equipment anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was the right call. Food food lovers and, and outdoor barbecuers all over the world are great grateful that you made the transition. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well, Russ, it's been a real treat to have you on the program. If our listeners are ready to add an outdoor cooking, dining, and entertainment space to their home, or they want expert advice on adding this special function space to their home they're designing, what's the best way for them to learn more about your products? 
Um, you can definitely learn a lot at KalamazooGourmet.com. There are thousands of pages on our website. Uh, there's a design inspiration gallery. There's design resources. And of course, all the different product details. Um, unlike some manufacturers, you can also easily find the prices of products on our website. Um, so you know what to expect. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us anytime at design at KalamazooGourmet.com. We have a special uh, email address to help people with kitchen design questions, etc. That's fantastic. Well, Russ, I want to thank you for your time. You've been listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home. Thanks for listening. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, KT, and I look forward to visiting with you next week.